and welcome to Soul Care with Angie Fatal. I'm Angie Fatal. If you don't know who I am, well, you should find out. (laughs) (laughs) I am a spiritual director. Um, Basically, what a spiritual director is, is it's somebody that helps other people and themselves look into different spiritual practices that may be more appropriate than what they grew up with. Um, disentangle themselves from the rules of religion, basically deconstruct, reconstruct, or not construct their faith back at all. But I think the bottom line that I cling to as a spiritual director myself is I still believe that spiritual practices are important, even if religion has ruined that for you. So whether that's meditating, mindfulness, walks in the woods, whatever it is for you, reconnecting to that and not letting religion steal that from you. So one of the ways that I've been looking into this a little bit more is taking not the conversations I have with people in my private practice, because that would be illegal, (laughs) but thinking about the things that I'm thinking about, that I'm talking about with friends that I'm noticing in threads of conversation, and then expanding on those via this tool of the podcast. And so one of the things I've been talking about, um, I think this, I believe this is the second week, is being an adult. And how often it is not what we thought. We are surprised at how the rules have changed, or maybe the rules haven't changed at all, but we are different than the way we thought we would be or the way the system was set up. Somebody has the rules, we don't have them. And one of the things that I wanted to do is talk to my good friend Molly, Molly Glennon, because Molly... And I have many, many deep conversations all the time, but mainly on our way to our sacred special water spot where we swim, we spend that 45-minute drive usually talking about anything and everything, and often it lands on emotional intelligence. The water is our spiritual practice, but emotional intelligence and how how things are mm-hmm. and um molly is here hello <laughs> do you want to say anything about yourself molly i like long walks in the woods and no um <laughs> that is true you do like <laughs> I that i do we also like water um yeah i don't know yeah that's about it okay so molly is gonna t- talk with you and with me about being an adult I may end up using the abbreviated term which sometimes irritates me and that's adulting I was gonna say it's adulting isn't it yeah it's adulting uh Molly one of the things that you and I were talking before we started to roll Mm -hmm. was if you think back to your childhood self is the adult life what you thought it was going to be? Um, no. (laughs) I don't think anybody could say that they understood what adult life was. Like, I remember being, I think I was 
15. No, no, I was in college. And I remember thinking, man, if I could just have a job where I made $20,000 a year, I would be so sad. I mean, rich. So, That's what I make. <laughs> Not so I was, set. I was like, man, I would just be coasting on easy street. So that is not the way life turns out generally. You realize that um, it takes a lot more to make life work. But I think I also had a lot of ideas when I was younger about, or when I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, that I thought that I had to go in a certain route, and that was the route that everybody else took, um, a.k.a. you get a desk job, you get a day job. Um, or you be a teacher. Like I was told I was going to be a teacher from pretty young age my mom just said oh you're going to be a teacher and so I just pursued that because mm-hmm. that was all I knew to do but there was also a lot of under underlying all of that um sort of shoulding and this is what you're going to do I was there was a lot of dread and fear and the sense of like somebody's going to figure out at some point that I am not qualified for this yes it's the imposter syndrome so that started early I'm still trying to unlearn that. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know about men because I think, you know, typically white men have all the power, mm-hmm. even if they don't feel like even they have they power. Even if they don't recognize that there's power. Yeah. There's some power at play. And I hear a lot of stuff, and I know that you have too, where the the jobs that white men say that they know how to do and they're experts in mm-hmm. women that actually are the experts in those jobs are going well I don't know if I yeah. quite have the qualification and yeah. a man that has zero of the qualifications sure, is going I'll try. Oh, I can do it <laughs> I know how to do that and so I think that I mean I again cannot speak for men but I think typically a lot of women mm-hmm. have that absolutely and it's set up that way. Yep. Yep. I think also behind that was this, like, fear of, like, I had to perform. It was a performance. Life, as I knew it, as becoming an adult, was a performance. There, it, there wasn't... Who I am, authentically me, was not a part of my adult performance. It was a separate thing. Yeah, so you were splitting yourself. Oh, sure. And I and I think that my authentic self felt still feels sometimes like I'm a kid. Oh, oh, me too. You know? Like, I always say this. I'm like, I'm 45 years old, and... When have you ever admitted that you're 45 <laughs> years old? I'm doing it right here in the podcast. What do you normally say? Exclusive. 29. <laughs> or as my friend Jess says, 25. 25. Um, <laughs> That's good. But uh, I act like I'm 15 sometimes, so I figure I'm, like, the middle of both of those. It's somewhere. a spectrum. Yeah, totally. And there's some things where I'm very, like, I'm putting it in quotes, air quotes, grown up. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that that means anything. But I think when I think of grown up, I think I mean, like, serious and focused and doing what you're supposed to be doing. I still have to, like, think through, like lately what I've been doing as a as a kind of a practice for myself is when I'm when I'm doing something with somebody and we're like oh well I can't go at this point or I don't know if I can do that and I'm like we're adults 
we get to set the rules. We get to make up our own life. I keep telling myself that over and over and over again because I want to remember that being an adult means that I'm responsible for myself, but I'm also free to make the rules for myself. Mm -hmm. Like there is no, you know, there is no teacher waiting to wrap me on the knuckles. There's no old white man who's going to pull me into the office and yell at me. Give you a hack. Right. (laughs) Or, you know, some church leader is going to tell me that I am, you know, a Jezebel. Jezebel. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a rebellious spirit. (laughs) Sorry for anybody that did not grow up in the church. Uh, You'll just have to look that one up. All you have to do is look sideways as a woman and you get a Jezebel spirit accusation. Or you have to have a thought of your own. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I like that. um, And I think you've said that to me before, like, I'm an adult. We're adults. We get to, we get to make our own decisions. We get to decide because we are retraining our brains. Because that's what I've been talking about is like, it's the same with being an entrepreneur, which mm-hmm. I even struggle saying that, but that's what I am. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm failing, Yeah. but I don't know who has the rules, but some part of my brain is yeah. saying there are rules. You're not meeting you're not the requirements. Meeting them. Yeah. Totally. And then I feel that's, and, and the other thing is that is open-ended. So if you, if there aren't actual rules, you don't know what you're failing mm-hmm. at, or you don't know where to push back or say, okay, mm-hmm. that's your rule, but that's not my rule. So if the rules are open-ended, I'm always failing. Uh-huh. And I feel that that has, there's a similar thing with being an adult. It's like somebody has the rules and there are people that are verbal with their rules. Sure. Especially, you know, in politics or what women should be doing, mm-hmm. what people of color should be sh- doing or not doing, what immigrants should be doing. You know, there are people that do have rules and they will tell you what they are. In the words of no name, fuck date clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we'd get some good ones with you. I'm going to name this podcast, fuck them no names. <laughs> probably get in trouble for that um and that's that's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to unpack I'm unpacking it with my own kids Mm -hmm. why do you think you should have known how to do that yeah how could you have known how to do that but we are doing that I'm doing that every day like I woke woke up this morning and I'm doing my morning reading because that's my practice is I have three books most of them are business or emotional intelligence or whatever mm-hmm. related. And that's my first hour in the morning with my coffee. And then I moved to the other stuff that I have to do. And I was checking my email after that. And I had already failed. How? I don't know. Right. But something hadn't gone the way in I... In your mind, you'd already failed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm like, it's not even 9.30 in the morning. Right. And I... I think a lot of women live with that feeling. Yes. And I'm, I think, even though I hate the patriarchy, I think that men do too. Yeah. The, the rules are different. The rules are fucked up. Mm -hmm. So we have our rules of, you should look this way. Your house should look this way. You should have achieved this. You should be married. You should have children. Mm -hmm. Your children should be perfect. Yes. Better seen and not heard. You should be a Proverbs 31 woman. Oh, God. Just this is a little side note. Yeah. I've been doing some Pinteresting with 
camper trailers uh-huh. just at night, just looking at people's remodels. It feels good. And one yeah. of the women was like, her her name of her website was Proverbs 31 oh, no. Woman. Oh, no. And her trailer, camper trailer pretty much was. <laughs> so draped like, in purple cloth? Nobody. <laughs> that was all white. Oh, God. Nobody wants to be. That's, that's too so much work. That's practical for camping all white. Yeah. I think that's a great choice. Maybe it's all washable. <laughs> but again, but that's it. I think without even realizing, it's like the standards mm-hmm. are you have to be everything to everyone and be nice. I'm mm-hmm. using nice in quotes right. as a word that I don't appreciate or approve of. Nice is different than kind. Yeah. And... And keep anything that you're really feeling to yourself. And, you know, we've talked about this before, Molly. And then men have mm-hmm. anger. Yeah. Anger and rage. That's the only emotion that they are safe to express. Yeah. And, like, then, and then what does Brene Brown say? When they do express a different... Mm-hmm. When they do show their vulnerability, mm-hmm. we don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And we want them to put it back, put it back inside. A little aside, I was listening to this, I don't remember what it was, this podcast or story or something, and this guy was talking about how he didn't understand why people, why men like sports so much, until he realized that um, there is a certain little tiny box, which Mm. is sports, Mm -hmm. that men are allowed to express their emotions in. So true, I never They're allowed to hug each other, they're allowed to laugh and cry, jump up and down, and that's the Paint only their bodies. place. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the only place where they're allowed to express any other yeah. emotion. I mean, anger and aggression yeah, comes into yeah, that yeah. too. But like that, and that's that little tiny Ooh, corner. I was good. like, I've been seeing all these years. You know, I am not a big sports ball fan. And I'm like, really? Why do people care so much yeah. about sports? Why? But now, but now I understand. That makes total sense. It's yeah. probably very similar to. I mean, I am married to somebody that has learned to express Mm -hmm. all the range of emotion. Mm -hmm. But I'm guessing, too, for a young man going to punk shows, it's very similar. Probably not as much the crying, but you can get out all that energy. You can be enthusiastic. You can express yourself. Yeah. You know, you have all of that. Well, and I think, so that ties back into what we were talking about before. Good job. Because I really think that, like, part of my, I'm an adult, I get to make my own choices, Mm -hmm. is I've learned that um, I go towards the things that make me feel lighter, that make me feel like I can breathe better. Um, How did you discover that? Chest expands. Um, I remember (laughs) I went to this weekend out at the coast, it was a couple years ago, with some friends and it was right around New Year's and they had a Reiki master woman there mm-hmm. and she said something to me. She said, go towards what's lighter. And and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I remember that because didn't you at yeah. first go... Mm. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> and then literally, okay, so we're going to tie it and then come back. I was in therapy last weekend. <laughs> and we do these exercises where she takes on... Sometimes she'll take on the voice in my head that's kind of telling me what to do. And I'll take on my wisest self or my river self Mm, and I was I I was my river self and she was asking me questions and I started laughing so hard because what came to my mind was go towards the light (laughs) (laughs) don't don't Molly which I thought I was like generally say don't go towards the light 
But in my head, it was like the first of all, I mean, that, that's many layered. There's a depth of something that you thought you had to be, but there's also lightness. Go towards the lightness. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the story of my life right now. And every time I say, I'm an adult, I get to make my own choices, I, I realize, oh, I can breathe deeper and it feels like, it feels like I'm free. That feels free. So, me. yeah. So in learning that, because I know I love Queer Eye, but one mm-hmm. of the things that's irritating is it's very <laughs> slapdash. Oh, you felt vulnerable. Yeah. Now be vulnerable forever. Yes. It's not that easy. And I'm sure there's more to it than that. Sure. But how do you, do you try things on? Because that's a practice that I've done throughout mm-hmm. my life is in order to learn something, like to try mm-hmm. it on. And then I'll be like, oh, I don't like that. Or yeah. that's uncomfortable. Yeah. In my deconstruction, that's what I did. When I threw everything out from the mm-hmm. church, and then I was trying to figure out if it worked, yeah. I would pick it up and I'd be like, mm, I don't know. So I'd put it down again for a few months and then pick it up, kind of try it out again. And eventually, most of the things did not work anymore. Right. But some of the things I'll go back to are some of the things just because... They became yours again. Yeah, or they were meaningful in the moment. I'll be like, oh, that still feels good once in a while. Yeah. What do you... How do you know what feels good? Because so often we've done yeah. many things that didn't feel yeah. good and told ourselves they, we, they oh, did. So, literally so disconnected from my body for so long that I, I couldn't actually translate pain when it was happening to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what it was. So yes, total disconnection and I have I've had to like resensitize myself. But I think that there's a real sense of like um I tend towards control. I tend towards self-preservation. I tend towards yeah. like no, 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 got to keep safe. And so for me the the process was stop saying no. Yeah. And start saying me yes too. to things even if you don't think you like them or you don't so that was like years and years and years ago I, I, when I was 25. <laughs> Let's talk about Actual. it 20 years ago. <laughs> I literally said, I am an old person. I, I've got all my likes and dislikes and I'm rigid. And I don't actually know if that's true anymore. So I started yeah. saying, I, like, I went out and had sushi. It was not because I, I really don't like fish, really don't like seafood. And I thought, you know what? And in my head, I was like, never in my wildest dreams am I going to want to have raw fish. I was like, you know what? It's time. <laughs> my friend take me out. You. And I was like, all right, okay, this is an experience. And what it came out for me at the end was it was an experience. It wasn't eating. It wasn't food to mm-hmm. me. It was an experience. And what it reminded me of was sitting in the lake up to my nostrils. Mm-hmm. And I could smell that, like, the, the little seaweed smell and the, and the fresh water. And that yeah. was a really beautiful um, memory and also connection for me. So I was like, oh, so like raw fish is not fishy. It doesn't taste like the yeah. cooked fish that you get where you get that, sometimes you get a little weird wang to it. Yeah. It's, it's clean, but then, then there's that seaweed paper that that's what makes it taste real fishy. But the seaweed paper has got that like whiff of the lake for me. So I was like, this is like swimming in the lake. Mm-hmm. So that opened me up. And I think I've always thought that work in my head, my interpretation of work is, oh, well, you got to knuckle down, you got to bear under it, you got to get good. Like the work that you're doing personally, my personal yeah. work was to control myself better or to um, work Fits harder. Fits in with the paradigm that you've been given. Exactly. 
and what I'm learning, <laughs> what I'm learning about my work is my work is more about letting go and more mm-hmm. about giving myself more freedom. Yeah. And you know, as a fat person who's been trying my whole life to conform to somebody else's idea of what I should look like, um, it's it feels like I'm breaking rules every time I give yeah. myself freedom to do anything. Because so you my, know all about the invisible, invisible rules. Yeah. Oh, totally. And my idea of like making change is, is buckling down and knuckling yeah. under. Starving. And, and becoming obsessive yeah. about anything that I want to change. And so for me, the process of like the hard work is letting go and letting myself feel myself and letting my body love what it wants and letting me be and do what I want. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's, I haven't yet figured out like what the balance is, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm in the process of work where. Cause that's usually how it is. It pendulum swings absolutely. way over. Like when Christians learn that they can have a drink. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa, <laughs> okay, slow it down. I would like it to be on the record that I waited till I was 21 to get super drunk. <laughs> Cause I am a rule follower underneath it all. <laughs> I'm a rebel and a rule follower at the same time. So, yeah. No, it's the truth. And I think that for me, it's like I keep going, the, the you know, the critic in my head is going, uh, when's this going to end? When are we going to get down to it? Are you going to let this go forever? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I have to, I have to say to that person, like I did last week in therapy, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. It's having that dialogue. Yeah. It's like, thank you for your service, and you may go now. Yeah. So it's just like that, You like you said, when there are no rules, you're always failing. I, I remember when I realized that um, my measure of being a good person wasn't, I went to church every Sunday, or I tithed 7%, yeah. or I went to Bible study, <clears throat> or I didn't masturbate. All those, right? All those rules that I had grown up understanding. I didn't swear. I didn't, yeah. you know, whatever. I realized, oh, those don't really matter anymore. And then, yeah. and then what came into my heart was fear. Yeah. If that, if I don't have that to measure myself by, how do I measure myself? Yeah. And this is the process. It's not easy. It's not fast. It takes forever. You have to figure it out. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's the thing too is... It's not about, I'm going to, I'll flesh this out. Yeah. So it's not about that there aren't any rules. Mm-hmm. Because the rule could be let go. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. Or for me, unclench your fist. Mm-hmm. But what rules are you following? It's like what you said. I'm not masturbating. I'm reading my Bible. I'm listening to everything that men say. I'm, you know, whatever. I'm... Even if I roll my eyes behind it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm submissive. <laughs> you know, all of these things. But those rules need to be explored and they need to be challenged. Yeah. And for me, that's the hard part about the mysterious rules that I don't even know I'm following. So we're back. We took a little break we didn't know we were going to have to take. Um, One of the things that Molly helped me remember what I was talking about. (laughs) When you don't... So so my issue is you have all these rules. Mm -hmm. 
because they're handed down from you, you know, are handed down to you culturally or family of origin or, you know, this is what we do as immigrants, whatever your structural rules are, mm. some of those you're aware of, some of those you, you aren't. Are not. Yeah. I mean, you know, my rule in my family, and I think you can attest to this, it was an unspoken rule, but the rule was silence. Oh, yeah. We are not talking about what is happening. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the damage that is going on because maybe if we don't talk about it, it's not true. Yeah. But I think both of my parents knew something was going on. They were just afraid to admit it yeah. or look at it because then that makes it real. And I understand that. So if you are the person that now says, you know, for me at 30 saying, no, I'm talking about it. This mm-hmm. happened. Then you become the target that everybody is. But you became the target the minute it started happening to you. Yes, yes. So Because you're the carrier of the secret. Yeah, so when you're, yes. And so to a lesser degree, that's the thing that I want, that I've been wanting to explore is, I'm sure I've passed on stuff to my children. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I've passed down a little bit, if not more than a little bit of a poverty mentality, Mm -hmm. growing, myself growing up, without money often and I think my dad was pretty good about not allowing us to feel it but they definitely talked about it and as somebody that was always storing stuff away I was going to be the savior so I I took that on I became aware of it to a degree but then we have been on the poverty line our entire my entire marriage and so I'm sure I've passed on my fear of money and my, you know, just the restrictions that I carry around with me all the time to my children. So what I want to know for myself, and it's not going to be an, an instantaneous, oh, that's all of the things that I carry. It's right. gradually I see it yeah, and I'll go, why do I believe that? And then I'll look at it and I'll go... You know, like I do everything, you know, my, you know what I do. I see you, poverty Mm -hmm. mentality. I really can't do anything about you right now, but I can acknowledge you. Mm -hmm. And when I can do something, I trust myself. I've built that trust within myself to know that when I'm ready to deal with it, I can deal with it. Yep. You, like, put a bookmark on it. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah, and and true to who I am or who I believe people are when we start to do that internal work, mm-hmm. our insides want to yep. be well. Yep. They want to be free. They want to be living. They want to not live in fear. <laughs> are they? Uh, <laughs> so, so I feel like our inner person Mm -hmm. our inner voice inner wisdom whatever it is is always leaning towards that health yeah I just think there are so many little things like you know Todd and I have talked about this where he's like I should know how to do that yeah because men know men know how to fix stuff yeah not him I have these moments where I drown I call it my drownings (laughs) That's Maybe good. my stuck points. I don't know. 
um, where I'm going along just fine. I'm making life work. I feel happy. I've got good friends. I've got people to love me. And then I got to this point where I, something happens that triggers this thing in me that's like, why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. And then I go down this whole spiral of everybody. I missed class the day that they taught people how to travel. Yeah. Like, I missed class, class the day that they taught people how to, like, make enough money that they could take multiple trips in a year. Pretty sure people were born with that. I have Privilege. to... I have to see... Like, I don't have the credit card that gives me miles. I don't no. have that. I haven't, figured, I, don't have, I haven't figured that out yet, Molly. But the thing is, for me... Oh, it's like, it's like cheapest like, flight. Well, you just get the card that has miles in it, and everything that you buy goes towards it. And I'm like, I don't buy stuff. Yeah. Or you're buying know. what's cheapest yes. at different places. Exactly. I, it's so funny. I had a friend a couple of years ago who was like, man, you just got to start to itemize. He goes, you got to start to, you just, whatever money you spend throughout the year that has to do with your business or whatever, mm-hmm. you itemize that, man. You can get so much money back. And I was like, yeah, but. You're itemizing a new iMac, a new car, yeah. a new... I was like, I don't buy those things. I'm itemizing tampons. <laughs> buy those things. <laughs> so it's like a whole other level. And I and, and I, I have some of that poverty mentality too, as you can tell right now. Um, I'm, I, there's, I live in this certain, uh, this certain sort of strata um, that feels... And this is where I don't feel free. Mm-hmm. That feels like I will not get out of it. Yeah. Like I'll be stuck there. Um, that it's just not possible. That. Um, Do you ever hear? Because I hear this. Yeah. It's not for me. No, I hear uh, you're going to be found out. Oh. It's okay. all so going to catch up with you. Imposter syndrome. Thing. Yeah, like the loans you can't pay, the things that you know, all that stuff is going to come back to you, and the minute you try to it's like it's like the thing where you just kind of keep making something work because you know there's so many steps for you to get to the to the next step yeah that there's so many things in the way um and so I think there's a lot of me that's like well why even bother I'm gonna you know I'm never gonna be able to get out of this you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah so I I had this kind of defeatist mind that kind of keeps you stuck um but you've been doing a lot of work around that yes that's the I'm in therapy. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing because yeah. I see a change in you. Mm. And that's what I, I mean, that's what I want because you and I, we learn from each other. Mm-hmm. We learn from the people we talk, we talk to. I mean, we have friends that mm-hmm. we are lucky. We talk about emotional stuff. Yeah. We talk about messing up. We have friends with more money, but maybe they struggle in other areas. Yeah not maybe they all struggle we all are struggling in different areas so I just think the gift that we have is that we talk about it yeah that we're not pretending that it's not happening yeah and we're learning from each other and isn't it so nice to hear somebody say oh yeah I have that struggle too everybody feels like they're an imposter everybody feels like they can't pay their bills sometimes or whatever it is yeah Um, is just it, it's like we're not alone you're not alone I think that's a thing yeah most people when they find this thing about themselves that they think is a failure or is a fault 
immediately the voice in your head goes, you're the only one that struggles with this because you're a failure. And Keep you, it a secret. Yeah, and don't tell anybody. It's a shameful thing. Mm-hmm. And the minute you talk to anybody else, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was literally at uh, Trader Joe's yesterday in the line. I don't know how the conversation started. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, I grew up in a small town and I didn't date because there was nobody to date. And all of a sudden we've jumped from there to, I don't know, maybe I said, oh, did that make you feel, because I grew up in a small town too. Mm -hmm. And I just translated as that I'm not worthy of love. And he was like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, well, not me, not me. I don't, I didn't do that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we're having this, Brennan standing next to me, we're having this funny but deep conversation. Yep. And he goes, then I moved to a bigger place. I yep. met other people. I met my girlfriend, and then she became my wife. And But I'm still carrying that residue mm-hmm. of that unlovable person. And... And somehow then we jump to adulthood mm-hmm. and, oh, if if you would have known then mm-hmm. what you know now, you could tell that high school person, yep. actually, it's not you. Yep. There's five people in your graduating class. Yep. So the likelihood of you hooking up with one of them is not yeah. likely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're really a nerd or you're really yep the only sporty person i mean they always seem to have yeah uh, be ahead of the game and he goes oh yeah my my grandma's in her 80s and she tells me all the time i still don't know what i'm doing and i was like are you kidding (laughs) i go how lucky are you (sighs) he goes yeah she's admitting it all the time because that's what i keep saying and that's what you're saying Mm -hmm. is if people just admit it anybody out there listening yep anybody out there (laughs) yeah we don't know what we're doing yep nobody knows what they're doing we all have tiny bits that we're bringing to the table and sorry no girl you're not i the what i have learned is the cure for insecurity is to be more vulnerable yes it's so weird like uh, i had a friend who i was i just have been feeling kind of distanced from them for a Mm. while and you know, like we get together, but it's like in groups, and and I just said, oh, I let sent them a message, and I said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I've been feeling a little bit, and I just told her how I was feeling, <laughs> and immediately her response was, thanks for telling me that you are you couldn't get rid of me if you tried, just I know that like other people's validation doesn't last forever, but the specter of that like you're alone you're gonna be alone that's mm-hmm. like the sometimes the, the corner I'm getting backed into by that yeah. voice and when I can just say this is how I'm feeling to a person say and like the most vulnerable question I have literally asked this to a couple different people in my life I just need to know do you like me yeah and the response is I love you and a hug and yeah immediately like that that little bully that's trying to back you into a corner mm-hmm. so it can punch you yeah. until you're down, it has no power anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we, I mean, I think the beautiful, one of the beautiful things about that too is that you gave that person, it when you leaned into your vulnerability, you also gave that per- 
person permission to when they're feeling that yeah. way to come to you or go to somebody else yeah. that they're feeling it with. Like, what is it that, um, I love the Andy Richter podcast where he says, why are we so afraid to talk about stuff? Yeah. What's, what's the worst that can happen? There's a lot of things that my brain can go to <laughs> that are the worst things that could happen. There's a lot of fears around it. I've experienced a lot oh, of yes. rejection from my family. Yeah. But when I think about my children mm-hmm. and I think about the people that I love the most and I'm like, then I'm like, yeah, what the fuck is the worst that can happen? Right. There is nothing that you can tell me. There is nothing, Zion, that you could tell me that will separate me from yeah. loving you. Yeah. I might be pissed at you. Yeah. I might be irritated that you made a bad decision for yourself or you put yourself yeah. in harm's way. Yeah. But nothing is going to stop me from loving you. Yeah. And who doesn't benefit from knowing that? As my sister would say, I love you, stupid. <laughs> Which sister? Uh, bro, when we had a really big fight way back when, I remember <laughs> my first response to her, um, like, recognizing that I was feeling jealous or mm. upset or whatever, um, or that I was being selfish. That's what she said. You're being selfish. And it, it, out of my mouth before I could even think about it was, what are you going to do now? Leave? Oh. And she's like, no, I love you, stupid. <laughs> I can just see you both sobbing. <laughs> yep, sniffle, pretty sniffle, much. Sniffle, 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 But yeah, that's the thing. I think that, um, like we were talking about with with Zion and having that open communication, um, I think that what happens is we get, we get, we think that we're covering ourselves, mm-hmm. protecting. We think that nobody else is seeing what's going on. And what I've learned <laughs> is that everybody sees it if they're paying attention well, especially the people that love you right like if you're in a room with somebody and and you've got some stuff going on between you they sense it they may not yeah. know what exactly it is but they sense that something's going on yes well it's like I think you and I talked about this when my kids were little because you spend so much time with your nieces and nephews yeah what we bring in a room yeah we bring in a room yep. whether we speak it out or not absolutely and it's like leaking out your pores. Yes. People see it. And, and there are it. things that you can do because kids, this is not an excuse to tell kids things that the kids don't need to know. No. But there are meditation and yeah. mindful things that you can do and breathing things that you can do to mitigate the damage that that does. Right. You can say, you know, I'm just having a bad day. It has nothing to do with you. Yep. I love you. You know, sometimes you're sad. I'm sad right now. Right. But not pretending that it's not happening. Yes. And I think the 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 joy of that, because at first when I realized that, I was like, oh, no. Because you feel like all of your work. Your, your dress to, has been up yes, the whole time and nobody uh, told you it was tucked into your pants. Yes. <laughs> your butt crack was hanging out. You're like, yep. somebody should have told me. <laughs> but then the freedom is, oh, I can just talk about it with someone. Yes. It's and still hard. It's still hard. Of course it is. Especially with people that you love. If yeah. you have a real hard time with something, yes, it's even harder to bring it up because it, there's greater there's greater fear of loss. Like yeah, you know so there is something to be lost, right? Yeah, but like if it's in that stage where you're like, boy, every time we get together, I feel like I'm being polite. Yeah, or every time we get together, I'm like a little bit on edge, and I feel worse when we're when we're apart. Or yeah, at the end of it, I feel yeah. like 
I start to question everything I said and did I sound like this or did you know yeah and I'm like huh okay so I've gotten into pretending again and that's what yeah. got me in trouble in the first place was that my whole life our rule at family was you pretend everything's great yeah and you and you you know you keep your mouth shut you don't tell the secrets yes and I remember getting to the place in my life where I had literally I had a picture in my head of this there's this lagoon at the camp I grew up at and it was always full of water and it went out into the lake and in my head I was like my lagoon is empty I have got nothing left yeah nothing yeah. I had literally drained it down to nothing and there was nothing coming in mm-hmm. and I was done I didn't know what to do yeah and then I realized like there was just as I was starting to get help and get better there was just just one little tiny drip every once in a while that would just come mm. through and my response was immediately was like oh well I'm gonna just start doing and giving that to people yeah. again but I realized like it, the wise self in me had said you will die it's you or them yeah so you gotta let that stay yeah you gotta build it up you have to let bit. it build up a little yeah. bit yeah and um I can't remember what I was talking about before that that tied to but whatever but you know like no the, I think you tied it I think you did tie it together you were talking about how you had started pretending and when you feel yeah. that pretense again and pretending is what drained the swamp yeah it's what drained the drained my reserves yeah because I was pretending so hard well and it goes back to what you were talking about in the beginning you're having to be a split self yeah which some of that is just growing up yep some of that is just trying to figure out who you are of course you're putting on things you're figuring stuff out you that's a natural process yeah and then some, for some people, and probably more, there are some real deep things. Maybe it's not with family. Maybe mm-hmm. it's with friends. You don't mm-hmm. know how to be fully yourself with your friends or you choose people that don't appreciate you or yeah. whatever it is where you really are two separate people. Yeah. And that's when the pretending is damaging. Yeah. Yeah. It, and I think also tying it back to what we were talking about earlier with rules like realizing what rules we're going to live by um we grew up in a in a culture christian evangelical culture that um gave you a set of rules just whole cloth this is Mm -hmm. what you do no questioning no thinking about it now you and i know that the natural process of growing up is you start to separate out from your parents start to say you know I don't know if I believe what you believe anymore or you know whatever you're questioning things you want to be an individual and then you have to go through that process of like is this true or is this not true like Mm -hmm. you said your split self you don't quite know I went through that a lot later because Christianity doesn't allow for you to ask questions yeah in fact they don't want you to ask questions you should just follow these rules the rules have weight they have to you know they've got some stink on them they're set in yeah. stone you cannot question them yeah and I think that part of being an adult and becoming an adult is letting go of those rules and and then testing them out and seeing what comes back seeing what doesn't come back yeah seeing what you value because you set the rules up in your life yeah we and that's all when you go rules. <laughs> you can and you and you get going back to let's call it a mantra mm-hmm I am an adult, and I get to decide. And if you decide, you can also change your mind. Yep. We weren't given the permission to change our mind. Nope. And now I am like, 
no, I'm changing my mind. Yeah. Because then you get stuck back in pretending again. Yep, exactly. Molly, you have been amazing, as always. Is there anything you want to plug, Molly? Your delicious food that you cook? That no, I don't have a plug. I'm not an entrepreneur. I work at a desk job right now. You now. are. You haven't. You are very creative. You haven't. You yeah. haven't created the avenue yet for you to be able to fully yes. live that out. We're working on that. If you ever taste Molly's food, don't cook with her though. She can be a little controlling <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah, that's she has a reputation. A True. You and Brennan. <laughs> My one comes out, let's put it that way. <laughs> so when she does start her whatever she's going to start, um, we'll talk about it. Yeah. But I am very grateful that you took the time because I know you're going on holiday, which is awesome. I know, I'm so excited. It's a short one, but still counts. It's nice to get out of town for a little while. Yes, and I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and remind you, these are the kind of conversations that you can have with a spiritual director. Not all spiritual directors, but I can just speak for myself. This is the kind of conversations that I'm having with my clients. I mean, Molly has done a lot of work, so I'm not saying they're all like this, but we're talking about real things. We're talking about how do I move into loving myself more, letting that old bullshit go, and I can help you with that. So check out my website, and you can find out all the things that I do. And thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it, and I'll talk to you next week. I, I love you. You're a delight. I love you, too. Oh, <laughs> a delight. True. <laughs> so are you. That's what I always go. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs>